There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. everyone and welcome to sci-fi talk on the fangirl zone a podcast where we discuss shows on the sci-fi channel i'm sean fangirl s and i'm steve and tonight we'll be discussing episode one of season four of the magicians it's it's back back. yes (laughs) so happy yes and (sighs) what an amazing episode yes there were so many swears (laughs) it's so funny because damn (laughs) margo No, that was Janet, mind okay. you. <laughs> but yes, Margot. It was so weird, too, because at the end of last season, the way we seen them, it was just them, but in different names. Right. And this year, we get to see how it's different. Yeah. So this is interesting how they're doing that. So first, let's jump into some casting news, because apparently we're going to have some new people. Yes, we got a couple coming in. Jolene Purdy from Orange is the New Black and The Residents has been cast in a reoccurring role for Sci-Fi's upcoming fourth season of The Magicians. Purdy will play Shoshana, a Manade, character from Greek mythology per deadline. Oh, that's obviously going to be something in fillery then. I would think so. Purdy will play Shoshana, a Manade, a bright and highly emotional magical creature tasked with tending to notorious party god Bacchus. Oh, then not in Fillory. Maybe not. She stands as gatekeeper between the deity and an old buddy who desperately seeks him. Hmm. Who might that be? How about not Elliot? Yeah, true. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot that Bacchus has all these people with him. Yeah. And then we're also getting... Anthony Ingram has been cast as Manphibian, named Lord Fresh. A part man, part amphibian, lord of all Florian fresh waters per Entertainment Weekly. Lord Fresh is loyal but never servile to the High Kings of Fillory and encounters one of the show's unsuspecting and now magicless characters during the upcoming fourth season of the Sci-Fi's Magicians. Lord Fresh is exactly the kind of royal courtier I'd be in Fillory. Loyal, hardworking, web-footed, and able to hold my breath for two hours, executive producer John McNamara (laughs) said in a statement to Entertainment Weekly. Uh. Yes, Mr. McNamara, I could see you being a (laughs) manphibian. So, I'm wondering if that's what that last scene was. Yeah, I kind of think it probably was. So On the first watch, I was almost positive, and then the second watch, I kind of went, well, maybe not. Maybe it's something else, but I think with as lost as Margo is, I'm hoping it's Lord Fresh, Mm -hmm. somebody that can be a friend to at least get her back to Finn. 
Yeah, because obviously things are a little awry. Well, not just in Fillory. No, everywhere. (laughs) So episode one, oh my gosh. It was entitled A Flock of Lost Birds, which I feel like was really telling. Oh, absolutely it was. We don't have our synopsis yet. Nope. So let me see. Let me come up with a sci-fi synopsis. The gang is all around and knows nothing. Good luck, guys. <laughs> is that as vague as it can get? Probably. Yeah. All right. Well, we see a young blonde woman, Kim, saying goodbye to her coworkers as they're walking home. It looks like somewhere in New York. And she's going through her mail, which, first of all, who does that as you're walking along the street? Right. That was weird. Okay, whatever. And there's a large manila envelope with a single sheet of paper inside with the words congratulations and an arrow pointing to the right. And suddenly it blows. And I'm thinking, okay, this is very much like what happened previously. Exactly. Certain someone. Yes. And she's chasing the sheet, which I don't know about you. I'd probably been like, meh. Right. (laughs) After about the second time (laughs) trying to bend down to get it and it blows. Ah, never mind. Right? It ends up blowing, like, through a fence, and she starts to walk away, but then she ends up climbing the fence instead, jumps down, and bam, she's... It break bells. Yes, from night to day. And I'm like, what is going on? And you see Todd, and it's very interesting, because I finally read the first book. I think I told you. Finally. And Todd is laying there, smoking a cigarette, and it reminded me very much of how it was... In the book, when Elliot first sees Quentin, it's very much like that in the book. Right, and right. I was saying, you're late, you're at break bills, you're in upstate New York. That was very much the book. Right. And of course, it's, what am I doing here? What's going on? And uh, finally, we get, well, there's a test. So come on, let's go. And she's just looking super confused. Just like it, Quentin was. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting, too. Because you have Dean Fogg there along with Lipson. Right. And Lipson's like, this was so much easier when we were able to do whole giant groups at a time. Fogg's like, yeah, that's not how it works. And they have a a list, apparently, of names. And if they're getting things right, they get a little check or they get an X. And, well, this poor girl, Kim, is not doing so well. No. It's just X, X, X. I'm like, oh, man, you're going to fail. Right. No hope for this girl. Right. Except apparently she had gotten this because what did they say? She shorted out a globe. Right. That's what they said. And I'm like, what do you mean she shorted out a globe? Right. And then Fogg replies, well, maybe it was because it was late in the day and the supply could have been low. Oh, I see what's going on now. The library is controlling all of who gets magic and how much. And even Todd mentions that as they're walking up to the building as they pass a couple of librarians. (laughs) He's like, oh, yes, be nice to them, just in case you remember. Ah, the good old days, which were better, even though we're not supposed to say that. Yeah. But what I thought was kind of wonky, Fogg has his eyes back. Right. and. I was kind of shocked, but he pulls out a little, it was almost like a monocle, but it had multi parts on it. Right. And he's looking through the little glass, looking through it, and all of a sudden it cracks. And he's like, oh, 
Interesting. And Lipson's like, what do you see? Nothing. I don't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I have, have a migraine. migraine. Yeah. What? Hold, hold on a minute here. <laughs> what are you not telling us, Fog? Yeah. And all of a sudden when Lipson's like, well, do we keep her? I was thinking she said, do we keep it? Talking about the migraine. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, we don't keep the migraine. <laughs> As somebody who suffers, no, no, we don't. Yeah. I don't care if we're using magic. Get rid of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we kind of see Fog look through this device again. And Kim is Julia. So this was the start of how we're seeing things really different than what we thought we were seeing at the end of last season. Right. Yeah. They're in massive protection yes because they don't even look like themselves and if lipson couldn't see through it and lipson's one of the teachers there that's really interesting because i would think that more than just the fog would know but as it progresses we find out at least the way i took it fog is the only one who can see through and it's not easy for him to see through what he's done no he's the one that's behind all of the the hiding of the students. It's all his doing. And we find that out later when we get to the library. And speaking of the library, two librarians are walking down the hall as they pass by Alice's cell. And it's not what she was hoping to see. So she goes and lays back down on her bed frustrated. And then we get to hear her next door cellmate telling her that her breathing is depressing and reminds her of how her escape attempt made him chuckle. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, is this guy really somebody in the cell or is he there to try to break her? Is it almost like a speaker thing? Right. And I guess it was the same guy that was so annoying last year. <laughs> I'm going to guess. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> And then Zelda comes in her cell with lunch, which Zelda demands she eats so she doesn't have to force Alice to eat. That wouldn't be pretty. Oh, <laughs> Alice was pissed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could see her just fuming. But she gets up and grabs a piece of bacon and eats it. Yeah, well, that little back and forth, though, with Zelda. Oh, yeah. When she's calling her pretty much every name in the book there, because She's like, you obviously read my book. And just that, ooh, that fuming, fuming nature of Alice was taking over. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah, she wasn't pulling any punches. So. Oh, no, she was not trying to be nice to Zelda at all. <laughs> but Zelda was not denying anything either. No, she and, wants all this knowledge. That's all right. she's about. So, yes, she's going to read Alice's book and get all the juicy details. Right, and she's like, you read it right to the big blank space, huh? And I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, damn. that big blank space was because of you, Zelda. Yep. Oh, but Zelda leaves an approved reading book, Metamorphosis. Yeah. Why? Which has a bug on the cover. Uh-huh. I'm like, why would you even leave this? Because I feel like that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Just give Alice a possible way out right like i don't know give her regular mundane reading or something right. yeah <laughs> don't give her any magic books what are right. you doing give her, give her like dune that'll <laughs> keep her busy for a while yeah but as 
Zelda is about to leave. Alice wants to ask her a question, but Zelda tells her that fog isn't coming and Alice is crushed. But Zelda's not telling the truth because when she gets back to her office, fog is waiting for her. Oh, we have another new rule. Zelda mandated that he bring in the files on all the new students. But why? That's a really good question. And she goes, oh, it's just for our records. No, Mm -hmm. you're already building up dossiers (laughs) on every break bill student. So you're Mm going to know everything you can about them before they even get started in school. And of course, she asks about the girl that broke the globe and Fogg tells her the girl shows great potential. In what way? I'm not sure. But that's why she's at break bills. (laughs) And you go, whoa, hold on here, Fogg. And Zelda tells him that she trusts his instincts and approves the new students. I'm wondering why Fogg is doing this. I mean, we get some information later, but, like, why is he even hiding everything from Zelda? Well, I really think it's Fogg's grand plan to be able to, shall we say, get the band back together and take down not only Irene, but Zelda as well. Ah, okay. I think this is part of his grand plan, because he knew there wasn't anything he could do about it last season. Mm -hmm. But he says, oh, well, oh, yes, there is. I'm playing the long game, not the short game that you and Irene were playing. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So, of course, Fogg doesn't immediately get up, and Zelda tells him that Alice is depressed and surly, and wants to see him again. Fogg explains that Alice is worried about her friends, and Zelda replies that no one is more protected than they are. And of course, we see Isaac, aka Josh, an Uber driver, cleaning his car, and he looks nothing like Josh. No, that was, <laughs> again, it started getting weird. Yeah, and this was kind of the thing that really made me think that, yeah, Fogg has got a much bigger plan going on because he goes, hey, my students saved magic. The world may throw flowers at the feet of the Order and Irene McAllister, but you and I both know the truth. And you go, I was really surprised. (laughs) Go Fog. Now, of course, that might have been a little too much. You don't want to get Zelda nosing in your business. Mm -hmm. But Zelda argues that everything that's been done is to make it safer for everyone. Yeah, right. And we see Hansul, the DJ, getting into an elevator, and it's Penny. (laughs) I was like, is this some kind of yogi? That's what I thought it, you know, like the way he was looking. I'm like, what, he's a DJ? And then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this makes sense. But what is happening? Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely looked like (laughs) a yogi. And Zelda tells him that if his students resurface, she can't ensure their safety as Irene will do everything to silence them as they were certain agreements made between them and they must stay where they are and as they are. Like, that's going to happen. Right. And we see Janet, hint, hint, the editor of the fashion magazine, as Zelda tells him that his spell work was masterful. Fogg tells her that his... One solace that's out there, when my attempts to protect them fail, their blood will be on your hands. Another dig at Zelda, and you just keep 
making those stabs there, Fog. You know what? He's he's not like you said, he's playing the long game, but he's not pulling punches. No. Because <laughs> yes, if this goes south, which it was pretty well indicated last, you know, the end of last season, what happened? Oh yeah. That yeah, what are you gonna suddenly step in and save it? Because I don't think so. No, not at all. They're gonna have to do something if our monster gets doing too much damage. And then we see a lady being put into the back of a police car. Or actually, it's Katie. And you go, oh, crap, what the hell? We don't need her stuck in prison. That'd make things impossible. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, somebody gets in the back of the car with her and kind of smiles and laughs and gives her a badge. I'm like, what is happening? Right. And it's not Katie. <laughs> She's kind of, what? She's Detective Sam Cunningham. Holy okay. crap. Now, That's a change for her. Oh, absolutely. And another reason why I think this is all part of Fog's long game. Who in their right mind would ever give somebody a fake identity of a detective? Right. They're going to dig into any little thing that doesn't add up. And sure enough, that's what Sam does. Yeah. Well... She starts getting pissy because one of her busts has been let go. Apparently, every time he gets arrested. Right. Six, the guy just kind six of, for six. And the guy just kind of says, well, he must just be lucky or his lawyer's just lucky. You know? Yeah, that seems kind of weird. Just a little bit. Huh, I wonder if that detective is also a hedge witch. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Well, she decides to sort of stake him out. But he spots her and t- makes a run for it, and she chases him, which I'm thinking every single, like, cop thing I've ever watched, what are you chasing him down for if he's out? There's nothing you can do, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be able to take him down and rough him up or anything. Right. So we'll, I'll get past this. But she chases him into a store where apparently he disappeared. Yeah. And there's a guy behind the counter who's like, can I help you? And she flashes her badge, heads to the back, and can't find anyone. Well, it was and interesting that there was a, what, a full-size floor mirror that had blood on it? I was going to say that. Was that blood? Like, I think so. Okay. Sure looked like it to me. Interesting. And the guy's like, oh, I must not have seen anybody come in. Because he had and- headphones on. Right. But she notices a tattoo on his wrist which was like a little star with a keyhole. Right. And so she goes back to the station and decides to start looking up that tattoo, thinking, I'm sure that that guy is somehow in league with him. Right. And then she starts looking for graffiti and notices it on a door. And as she starts looking and she sees that this image says it's a hedgewitch site, her mouth kind of sparks and then her monitor goes out. And we start hearing this like, high-pitched kind of ringing where you'd hear like if your ears start ringing yeah and then she starts writing out notes and well what happened she spills her coffee on her notes and the lights go out she goes into i'm assuming some kind of records room right and using the the light on her phone and she's trying to find something and everything just keeps getting weirder yeah weird (laughs) things keep happening yeah apparently the the more she investigates the hedges Somebody don't want her doing that. 
she especially when she ends up going to an actual building right and she's going to check and we see the guy who got away kind of off in a lot and texting with somebody and says who is she is she a cop and he's like i don't know let me check and when he tries to do a spell to look at her man he got blasted like he touched an electric fence (laughs) yeah (laughs) whoa hold on here and she comes out like nothing because obviously she's not finding anything and she ends up catching up with our guy though as he's really banged up and he's putting a bag in the trunk of his car and he's like i know you're a cop well, yeah. Does she look like she's not one right now? Right. And I love it because she says something about the tattoo. It's like, oh, I know you're some kind of hedge witch. And as this is happening, a satellite dish comes crashing down and bounces off something. So it doesn't quite hit them. but got really close. Right. And you kind of go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I guess this... Uh... <laughs> Spell that's been put on them to hide their identity also protects them to a certain extent. I guess it's it's hard to tell because we see stuff popping and Mark getting blown by, blown up almost. And you kind of go, wow, this is weird. Yeah. And, and when he's like, listen, oh, I'm not just selling anything that's hurting anybody. Charms and enchantments. It, don't worry about it. And I'm not going to poke in your witness protection spell. And she's like, charms and enchantments. Is that another term for meth where you come from? And I'm like, (laughs) and then all of a sudden, like, as he's saying it, because, or as she's saying that, I'm sorry, he realizes and says it out loud that you really don't have any idea, do you? Right. And she's looking at him like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So he pulls this giant chain out from under his shirt with this big ass metal. Right. And she's like, what is that? A spelling bee metal? (laughs) Because it is. It's huge. And she takes it from him. And first of all, why are you just snatching that from him? Right. And why does he let her snatch it from him? Right. Especially when he says, it's protection from you. Yeah. And he's like, lets her keep it. And then suddenly, and I'm wondering if this had something to do with the spell, the protection spell, because all of a sudden he like runs like off from her and gets hit by a truck. Right. So I'm wondering if it's somebody who knows anything. Well, it like compels them to basically off themselves. Might. Because, yeah, his luck ran out real quick. Uh-huh. Now, we do find out later he survived it. I don't know how. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> so we get an unexpected visit as we see Janet, a.k.a. Margot, asleep at her desk when we hear a voice call to her and tells her to arise. I was like, hold on, I know that voice. It sure sounded familiar, (laughs) didn't it? (laughs) She opens a door and goes in, and all of a sudden, she's in Castle Whitespire. And oh, look, it's Ember. And a bunch of little kittens. Yeah. I'm like, huh? Wait a minute, isn't he dead? Yeah, but he's an enchantment. (laughs) He's been activated. So basically, he's a message. Yeah. Now, of course, he's also surprised that the High King is a woman, and she doesn't know who she, he is. Yeah, he was insulted by her <laughs> not knowing who he was, but that's Ember. He tells her he's been activated to contact her about a disturbance of great magnitude and that she must get to work. I love this because she's like, am I at Jeff Goldblum's house? What did I take? <laughs> and he's like, huh? Yeah. So he just kind of keeps going, but I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yes. 
Absolutely. He then tells her that this emanation can only be triggered by world war, pandemic, arrival of hostile or uninvited gods on Valorian's soul, revolt of dwarves, or mass rising of the dead. But they can't really do anything. Yeah. I just don't like them. <laughs> and she tells him that her name is Janet and she isn't a king, so that message can't be for her and turns to walk away, which is not the right thing to do. Ember appears in front of her and informs her that she will do as he says and to fix this now. And she wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? Yeah. Okay. From here, we go back to the police station and Sam, a.k.a. Katie, puts on the protection amulet and sits down at the computer. And suddenly she gets an idea to Google herself. And she finds a comic book about her entitled A Flock of Lost Birds. This can only be good, right? Yeah. An obscure, unknown comic. Hmm. Right? It's like, okay, I'm thinking this is probably going to go really bad. And then you have Janet, who had woken up in her office, and she's looking at a cover of the magazine, and she's pissed because the color isn't right. And she's just going on and on about how it's all wrong. And her assistant is standing there with a Dwayne Reed bag. Why? <laughs> you can just have a generic white bag. Thanks. Right. All right. Well, the assistant is like trying to tell her what's going on because Janet wanted to get into the eye doctor because something isn't right. Colors aren't right with this eye. What the hell? Right. She's like, well, the doctor said everything's normal, but here you should wear this. And if it doesn't clear up in a week, he'll see you then. And she hands her an eye patch. And I love it. She's like, this is the most ugly thing I've ever <laughs> seen. Just a plain black patch. And I just thought it was funny because. Right. I believe Jennifer and I have talked about we need a Margot patch. Right. When we both have to wear that just goofy black patch. Yep. She also asks her assistant about the book she had wanted because she had asked her to pick up the Fillory and Further books. And the assistant's like, well, I got locked out of the Amazon account and all the bookstores are sold out. And she's like, and, and, and. Right. And it's like, that's a lot of noise for no. Get yeah. it done. Yeah. And you go, hmm. Why would Janet be interested in fillery books? Well, it's got to be because of the weird dream with Ember. <laughs> yeah, it might be because he did mention fillery. But to me, it felt like this was even before. It was, my, oh, now, it could have been it. that same day. Now, that's true. It could be the same day because she might have woke up that morning and told her assistant, find me books on fillery and this is like almost mid-afternoon. So yeah, it could have been the same day, but I just, it kind of hit me funny that, hmm, Katie's questioning things, Margo's questioning things. Hmm. Everybody's right. starting to question. Yeah. And we see Janet walking down a hallway and out of nowhere, Sam flies across the hallway, grabs her and takes her into another room. And, and Janet Janet's is, squealing too. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is so funny to see a completely different Margot. At least Katie being a detective, those kind of match. But this version of Margot is nothing like Margot. No. So completely different, except for the fashion sense. 
So Sam flashes her badge and Janet wants to know if she's under arrest. No, not quite. Here, read this. She's managed to get a hold of this obscure comic book, which I'm surprised uh, she must have had that. Well, she had it with her on her when she finds Janet. So she must have had that protection amulet on her when she found the comic book and bought it. And she shows Janet that she's in it as well. And a mirror breaks as we hear that loud ringing again. And Sam tells Janet that Mark the Witch told her that she's really not who she is. And of course, Janet's just, none of this makes any sense to her. But then Sam goes through things about Janet that are in the comic book and light bulbs start exploding. I love that too when she's like, oh, this was written by a guy, wasn't it? Because look at my boobs in this comic. It's like, really? Right. That's what you're focusing on. <laughs> yeah. Not the stuff about your life that Sam recites. <laughs> Goofball. Yeah. So Sam tells her there are other characters and she thinks they need to find them and they get out of there. And then we get to go back to the library. Yeah. And Alice not wanting to talk to her next door neighbor. He's not exactly comforting. No, and he says he's not. (laughs) But he's like, listen, it'll be all right. Let me tell you a story. Oh, great. Yeah, just what Alice doesn't want to hear. Right? So he tells her how he got locked up. That he was trying to perfect a spell to find one honest man, finishing the work of Diogenes. And he ended up having to focus on children as they're not rotten to the core yet. Imagine that. Right. And he ended up needing a book that happened to be in, oh yeah, the poison room. And Alice is like, yeah, I know about that because it killed one of my friends. Because she doesn't even know about Penny. No. But, I mean, technically, yeah, Penny is dead, but we have a different Penny. I forgot about that for a second. Penny 23. And he's telling her, yeah, it killed some of my friends too. I worked with elves. And Alice is like, elves, they're real? And he's like, yeah, but all that weird sex stuff here is only partially true. Whoa, Whoa. I don't know if she heard about that. (laughs) Maybe she's thinking more elves like Lord of the Rings, not weird sex stuff. But the library ended up coming after him for for his passion and murder. Like, wait, who did he murder? Yeah, she framed him. Ah. He didn't do. That's right. Yeah. Makes more sense. And... Alice is kind of putting the pieces together like, wait, you worked with kids? There was elves. Are you Santa Claus? I loved it. And her face like, what? Yeah. And he's like, I don't like that name. It's too commercial. Too shopping mall. Just Just call call me me Nick. (laughs) What? And then he's like, you know, I tried to escape before, but they found me because I tried to kill myself. And he tells her how. Right. And then he's like, just be glad, you know, you're not dead. We're we're smart. We'll figure it out. And she's like, wait, but how do you do magic in here? Because she thought he tried to kill himself via magic. And he's like, no, no, no. You'd have to, like, scrape off basically everything off this one wall, blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah. Magic dampening paint. But he used... Just a piece of his tray. Yeah, tray or a plate, then removed the paint from it. Okay, so... Oh, there just hang is in a there. way. Just hang in there, kid. Okay. And next thing you know, we see Nick screaming for help and yelling Alice's name. And Alice then is on the floor with puddles of blood under her wrist. And then next thing we know, Zelda comes in yelling for help. 
I'm like, oh, crap. What is happening? Right. Well, Alice ends up waking up with tubes covering her wrists and forearms and weird bags on her hand. Right. And she seems to be in some kind of medical wing. And we end up seeing this big, giant cockroach. (laughs) Or bug. It looked like the bug from the book on metamorphosis. Oh, that's true. But way back when we first seen the librarians walking past her room, they were talking about cockroaches in in the break room. And so she gets up, discovers she's chained by her ankle to the bed, but she's like stretching to get this bug. And she hears somebody coming back. So she gets back in bed and puts this bug in her mouth. <laughs> and here I am like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I ain't gonna make it. No, because of course, Zelda once <laughs> is the to one chit-chat. who comes through. Yeah. And wants to chit chat. <laughs> I mean, at least Alice's face, she just looks like she's ticked. Right. So Zelda wasn't going to stay there too, too long. Right. But yeah, Zelda's like, oh, well, you know why you're here. It has nothing to do with your friends. And, you know, we can rehabilitate you and you can go further than your friends could. And you can come and work for us, but I won't I won't let you kill yourself. I'm like, what the hell? Right. I'll ask you again later. What? And when she gets back into her room, you know, Nick's like, I'm very disappointed in you. I thought you were smarter. And she's like, yeah, I wasn't trying to kill myself. We'll figure out a way out of here. And I don't know if he knows what's going on, because obviously she doesn't want to say it. Right. You don't know who's listening. Yeah. But I was like, hmm. Because she, of course, took the bug out of her mouth, and then we see the book. So it's like, all right, getting interesting. Yeah. And we got Alice working on a way to escape. And I feel like the pneumatic tube that we've seen has to be part of it, too. Right. More than likely. And we go back to break bills because Kim wants to know why she's still here. She knocks on Fog's door and comes in for a talk. And she's concerned that everyone got their discipline today except her. And she's not really surprised because she hasn't been able to do a single piece of magic. I love it. And she says, they're calling me a squib. And she's like, we don't use that word. And I'm like, that's out of Harry Potter. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably why Fog said they don't use that word. (laughs) And he informs her about another student that he rejected one time. And she happened to get hurt. And he refuses to do that again with her. Interesting. Yes. Thing is, she is said person. Yes. So Fogg has got Julia under his wing, so he's going to make sure nothing happens to her. But it's time to f- see another old friend, question mark. Because <laughs> Sam has gotten Isaac Hansel together with Janet at Janet's office and isaac is just excited as hell about learning that magic is real yeah oh he was funny oh yeah and hensel is all zen about it yeah that's why i'm like he's he supposed to be like a yogi like i said it's like he's like all right he also seemed like he was smoking weed there but i don't know if that had anything to do with it right <laughs> uh, Janet's assistant comes in asking how to explain all the plane tickets she has requested. And Janet looks at her like she's an idiot. DJ Hansel and his minions come on. We have a special happening. Right. Yeah. I, I love it because she's like, oh, you know what? She's young. We're right. learning stuff. <laughs> I'm like, 
okay, that's cute. But then she's like, all right, you know, we still haven't found Kim the architect, Nigel, the bastard son of a British lord, who is reported missing by his family, and Brian, the English professor, who's also missing. And so I'm sitting here going, okay, we know who Kim is and where she is. Right. The English professor was Quentin. Mm-hmm. Who's Nigel? Gotta be Elliot. See, I didn't think they'd ever given him a different persona. Oh, yeah, they had to. It's just uh, that the monster got in him. Oh, okay. That's why I could not figure that out. Right. And Janet's like, well, let's try to find the author. And Hansel's like, well, if he's still alive, we should ask all laid back. And they keep trying to talk and stuff starts happening in there. And then, of course, we get Sam's like, listen, we have to talk around this because if we talk about too much, stuff starts happening. Bad stuff starts happening. (laughs) And what happens? A big, like, I don't know, HVAC unit or whatever falls through. Right. And next thing we know, we see Marina say, I really wish you guys could stop. Yeah. I'm here to help. But I'm I'm like, what? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Well, yeah, Mark was one of her boys. And then we go pay a visit to a food truck where we see not Elliot suggesting that they get Brian cleaned up as there is blood on his face from that boring waiter and they need to get going. And I'm thinking, aren't the police looking for you if you just keep dropping people? I would think so. Then Brian asks, where are they going? As the food truck worker tells them not Elliot's ice cream is ready. Yes. Your pistachio ice cream with Jimmy's. And Elliot just whips a finger and the guy's throat is cut and he's done. Because I wanted sprinkles. And he's like, those are sprinkles. Sprinkles. Oh. Oh, well. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. And not Elliot informs Brian that they are headed to Greece to catch up with Antiplin. I think that's what he said. That was real hard to figure out what he said. I'm trying to figure out who the heck they're even trying to catch up with. Right. And I pulled up Greek gods, didn't find anything that even came close to that. And I was going, hmm. but not Elliot wants to see the flesh ripped off his bones. So it's yeah. got to have something to do with a Greek god that probably helped put him in that hmm. castle. I guess we'll find out. And of course, Brian asks, isn't there another game we could play where we don't flay anybody? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, not going to happen. And not Elliot says he deserves it like Brian, not Brian, and his friends. But his glamour gets very angry if he says too much, and it's best not to say too much, as his friends will probably be killed in front of him, and it will hurt less if you don't know who they are. Uh, that doesn't sound good. No, that is not good at all. So we have our monster going after all the Scooby gang. He's going to have to work for it. That's for sure. So they've got the monster after him. If they figure out who they are, they'll have the Order and Irene McAllister after them. Hopefully the monster will get to Irene. Uh, And we'll be done with her for once and for all. (laughs) But before we finish this, we get to go to Marina's and through a magic mirror, nonetheless. Yeah, that was sweet because we get to see them standing there after they come through. We get the reflection of what they actually all look like. You go, oh, yeah, that's right. 
They aren't who we see. Right. And Marina raised all the protections. And I love it. Because not Penny. It's like, oh, wow, this is an awesome place. She's like, thanks. I tried hard to steal it. <laughs> like, yeah, Wait, what? It. I worked hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I worked hard stealing it. <laughs> and then Marina's like, all right, well, you guys are really juiced up, which is totally illegal. So why? I want to know who you are. Yeah. And it's interesting because she has them all stand back to back. And she's going around them, looking at them through pieces of glass, much like what Fog was looking at them. Right. And she's like, oh, you know, we need a little bit more. So she starts doing a spell and everybody gets knocked out. Right. And it was the effect that we see on the screen is awesome because, you know, it's kind of shaking them. Like it's trying to break that spell and the spell don't want to let go. (laughs) So Marina's got some power, because she's Marina 23 as well, isn't she? I would think so. Yeah. And when everybody's knocked out, guess who's back? Ember. Hornman. (laughs) And he's like, is this a game we're playing? I have to ask you twice. And she's like, I don't know who you are. I'm not in Fillory. I'm in New York, along with everyone else who matters. (laughs) Not for long. Oh, why didn't you say so? (laughs) Knock, knock on the wood. Yeah. And next thing you know, Janet wakes up in Fillory alone, pissed and seeing two moons. And she's like, what is happening? Yeah. Help. So yells for help and starts wandering off. And that's when we see the hand, which I'm starting to think might be that. Manphibian. New person. Yes. Lord Fresh. Lord Fresh. Thank you. I was like, okay. (laughs) So this was really interesting. I really like the way they're going with it already. Oh, yeah. This is going to be one crazy ride this season. We'll see what happens with all of our mixed up people. All right. Well, what do you guys think about this episode? Let us know at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Shoot us an email or something on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever. We'll answer you. While you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends, and we do hope you're enjoying the podcast. Don't forget to check out the website, www.fangirlzone.com, and buckle up, because I feel like the magicians this season is going to be crazy. Yes, it is. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. Sweet guys, but all that weird sex stuff you heard about? is only partially true. And until next time.